Amen. Thank you so much, Father, for your angel armies, the Lord of hosts. Thank you so much that you go before us, you're behind us, you're on our sides, you're all around us, and that you want to go with us. Let us take you with us as we go. Thank you so much for your care. Thank you for your wonderful light. We are so grateful for it. Your amazing, amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Man, that is so good. I think I'll stay around for the second service. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love, man, Drew. Let's do that same introduction on the first song again, okay? Yeah, that's, that's really good. Oh, wow. You know what excites me? Yeah, when you get excited. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's all right to raise your hands and spin around, too. It'll be all right, Okay. There'll be a special place in heaven for you being courageous like that. Be strong and courageous, right? All right. Wow. Well, it excites me to see you here today. I am so glad that you're here. You've made the effort to be here and to share together what God wants to do in our lives today. So thank you so much for being here. And you know what also excites me? When you're getting into the Word, and the Word is getting into you. We're working really hard on that in this 40 days of abiding in the Word. And it excites me when I get reports like this. I've been reading them to you. Keep sharing them with me. They encourage me. They'll encourage you. They'll help put things back into your mind as you share. But here's a report I got this week. It said, I keep finding words and phrases that reinforce what you're teaching. Here's the quote that somebody read in their devotional time. Stop focusing on the trouble and lean on the truth of Scripture and the power of Jesus Christ. It has to be intentional. Remember, we talked about that as we're going to get into the Word of God. First of all, we have to be intentional with it. We have to be disciplined toward it, and we have to give it time. That's what it's going to take for us to grow in the Lord and to take His Word and put it into our lives. It goes on that this quote said this. What are other that they learned from this? It says this, the Word never disappoints. Yeah, yeah, that's worth an amen there. Somebody else shared this. I wanted to share with you a couple things that I hope will encourage you. Psalm 19, that was last week's sermon, the week before, two weeks. Psalm 19 is one of my favorites. I start the day as soon as I get up with a short prayer that includes verse 14. That's the one that says, Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That, that beautiful, beautiful benediction verse. Uh, this lady said, This has been my habit for many years. And a lot of years, I, a lot of years I read a psalm every night before going to bed from a little tattered and well-worn Gideon New Testament. Keep it up, Gideon. Keep it up, brothers and sisters. You're distrib distributing those, those intestaments and Bibles. It's very marked up, and I still treasure it. I'm now reading the book of Isaiah, a chapter each night. And I read a devotional scripture each morning at breakfast. So I start and end each day before the Lord. Such a blessing. I confess, confession's good for the soul, I confess I went ahead of your sermon last Sunday and tried to fill in the blanks in the bulletin. <laughs> I bet you you've done that too, haven't you, right? I got half of them. As many times as I have read Psalm 19, that chapter, I should have gotten 100%. Aha. <laughs> Keep after it. It's fine with me if you can fill in all those blanks before we get there. Just don't leave when you get them all right, okay? <laughs> all right? But it's good to do that. It's good to stretch yourself. To see if you can figure out kind of where I'm going. And sometimes you will get it, and sometimes you'll go, I don't know where he came up with that, right? 
But thank you so much for working on that. And then, share this with you. This kudos to the Majestic Body. Uh, Kevin Green, who was here in this first service, uh, he shared he's with Evangelism Explosion. Got a seminar coming up April 23rd, how to learn how to share your faith. He said, as, as he was with us, he gave this report to Bruce Barrett. He said, uh, I have not been in a church. I've been in very few churches that were as warm and friendly as what you all were to me today. Yes. Yes. Keep that up. Keep that up. They're excited over here. I don't know about y'all about that. Okay, good. Okay. Listen, keep it up. Keep loving on those people that are all around you. Say hi to them as they come in. Say hi to them as they go out. It is so important because you know almost all of you were, were, have come since I've been here the last 20 years. You know that it is not easy to walk into a church. Even if you've been in church all your life, it is hard to walk into a church because you have no idea whether people are going to be friendly to you or not. It's difficult. And so you go, let's go, keep going the extra mile. You're doing a good job with that. And to hear a report like that says, I am so excited to be a part of the majestic body. Keep it up. It is so important. Okay, enough of the tears for the moment. Promises of God. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 today. As you probably noticed, I didn't get an email out this week. Sorry about that. I decided to take all of Friday off. And I went skiing with my son and his boys. And so getting up and down the stairs is very hard today. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Pastor Simon will be preaching this week. And he'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, sharing together, as the elders have asked me to you know, take a break every once in a while. So this is my sixth week in a row. And I'm taking the seventh week off. Pastor Simon's going to do a great job. I will get to play the guitar. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, today we're in Joshua chapter 1, and we'll read through verse 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm going to give to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? What? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. We kind of look at the context of this passage, and you probably know it fairly well. 
I could put it this way. Moses is down and Joshua's up. Moses has died. We read that. We go back into chapter 32. Back into the, the Deuteronomy, the book before us. You'll remember that he's led the children of Israel, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. You happen to remember a sermon series about that? <laughs> the Red Sea Rules. You might remember that well. You've probably maybe even gone back and read that book a few times and give that book away and help people out. But man, that may have been the best sermon series we've ever had. And we're so grateful for that. But Moses has, has led him out of, of Egypt. And um, now he's, he's led him through the wilderness. You know, 40 years, as one song said, take another lap around Mount Sinai, right? <laughs> All the wandering they did, and it wasn't a straight line for 40 years to get, I don't know, you know, 150 miles, 200 miles, so, from Egypt into the promised land. But he's led them through all that, and he's been a great, great leader. And Joshua's now up. He's, he's the CEO, in a sense. He's the quarterback. He's, as I used to say, you the man. <laughs> that, that's him. That's who he is. He's, he's been called, and God has done this work in his life, and, and God has moved Moses out, and now Joshua is now the starter for him. And we know this now that he's been trained by Moses, and we'll see a little bit more by, about that. But he's prepared to take the reins of, of leadership. We don't read that Joshua signed up for the job, but God signed him up and said, you're going to be the leader of my people. I'd like to encourage you, men, even women, uh, we have a great training program called A13 through our Royal Gorge Baptist Association. A13 stands for Acts 13. The, as, the gather, as the church was growing, we had men who were being trained into the, the, the gospel ministry. I'd like to encourage some of you to consider doing that. It's a two-year program. Meet every other Monday night. And there's 25 people in that program right now. We've had about five of our own men go through that program. It may not lead you to be a pastor, but it will train you how to disciple men and women better for yourself and so that you can make a difference in people's lives. Man, it is a really good thing. Matter of fact, it was even just promoted in our own Baptist press that goes out all across the United States. There was an article about our Royal Gorge Baptist Association, A13. And the men and women are being trained in that. We're not training women to be pastors. No, we're not doing that. We're training them to be disciples, how to be a better discipler, to come alongside people and to help them grow. Some men might end up as pastors. We have needs for pastors in Howard. Just drove by there two times on Friday, prayed for it as I drove by. We even need a pastor there in Howard to revive that church. Aguilar, we could use a pastor down there to plant that church and make a church go down there. Only Springs, we need a pastor out there to plant a church out there. All sorts of places that God could use you, brothers, as God would train you. Some of you have that gift. God has gifted you. But we want to encourage you to consider that because we know that training is so important in our walk with the Lord. And we know that Joshua trained, or Moses trained Joshua. As you think about this change in leadership from Moses to, to Joshua, I remind you of this. Well, maybe I don't need to remind you of this. Excuse me just a second here. I remind you that change is really easy. <laughs> oh, it's not, oh, I got that one wrong. <laughs> Couldn't quote that John or John 1.1 and Genesis 1.1 last week, if you'll remember. Ah, a simple quote. Change is what? It's hard. Y'all, y'all. 
got to get it. They're really doing good over here. We got to get get you. Change is what? Thank you. Thank you, Rosie. Get it going. Okay. Change is hard. And, and change of leadership, change of leadership is probably even more difficult as you think about that. Now, I'm going to tell you something that might not surprise you, but it might. Someday, I will not be your pastor. I'm not making any announcements right now. Everybody's going, oh, what's he going to tell? Someday I will not be your pastor. Someday there will be a change of leadership. And there will be another brother who will step in to be the pastor of Majestic Baptist Church. I'm praying that when that time comes in about 25 years, (laughs) I'm praying that you'll embrace him and love him just as you've loved me. But I'm telling you, He will be different. You know the good part about that? Is he'll have some really small shoes to fill because I have really small feet. (laughs) But I'm telling you this about Joshua. He had some big sandals to fill. He had some big sandals to fill. Here's what scripture tells us. Numbers 12.3. Now the man Moses was very meek. Or humble, more than all people on the face of the earth. Oh my goodness. It says this in Exodus 33, 11, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses, what? Face to face. As a man speaks to a friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the man. Yeah, you know that Joshua's the only one that's the son of none, right? (laughs) You get that. Okay, you get that. That verse tells me this. That verse tells me Joshua's clinging to Moses. He knew somebody really good to cling to. We've been talking about that, abiding in the Word, abiding in Jesus. And just a little while ago, as I was reviewing in my office... I went back to 34, chapter 34. You have your Bible open there. Just turn back a page. Look at what it says in verse 34 and 9 about, about this man, Moses. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses has laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his servants and all his land, for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Those are some big sandals to fill. And that's what God called Joshua to do. Change of leadership. Moses to Joshua. I saw this Facebook post uh, just the other day. It says this, If you don't leave your past in the past, it will destroy your future. Live for what day-to-day has to offer, not what yesterday has taken away. I mean, those people had to do that. They, they had to say, you know what? Moses is down. He's dead. They mourned for 30 days. Joshua 1 begins at the end of that morning time for 30 days. And they had to say, we have a new leader. 
We have to come alongside him. We have to obey and follow him. We have to help him. But Moses, man, he did a great job. We're grateful for that. But, but we now have a new leader. I tried to kind of put that in my own words and try to make an own statement. Here's what I came up with. It said, um, what I came up with. It said, if you, I've got to find it here. Learn from the past, but live in the present so you will like your future. Learn from the past, but live in the present so you'll like your future. Warren Wiersbe kind of put it this way in his commentary. He said, we don't abandon the past, but we build upon it. We don't don't abandon it. We want to learn from it, but we build upon it. And so that's what Moses, that's what Joshua is going to do as he leads the people. That's what someday another pastor will do here. He will build upon what we've done together and to make it even greater and more glorious to honor the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what we're called to do. Now as we talk about the, the conquest, moving on to the second point, the Lord, as I said, has been preparing Joshua to be able to take over and to be a part of guiding them into this new thing. In verse 2, the Lord speaks directly to, to Joshua just as he spoke to Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. He's down. Now, therefore, arise, get up, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. He details this promise of what Joshua's job is. Joshua, your job is to take these people across the Jordan and into the land. I've de- detailed this as he's given this promise of conquering the land, of taking the, quote, big P, big L, the promised land, the land that the Lord had promised to them for all these years. He confirms that promise in verse 3 when he says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon you, I've given to you. As you walk, places you go. I've already given you that land just as I promised it to to Moses. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the outline of the book of Joshua. Chapters 1 through 4 are the crossing of the Jordan. Chapters 5 through 12 are taking the land, conquering the land, and chapters 13 through 24 are allotting the land to the tribes of Israel. Now, do you know how to think through the book of Joshua? It's pretty simple when you get right down to it. Chapters 1 through 4 are crossing the Jordan. I remind you of this. The Jordan is at flood stage right now. It's big, okay? This is like uh, June on the Arkansas River here, okay? Now, not in Tulsa, you know, where it's, you know, 75,000 yards wide. How does the Arkansas River go from 12 yards wide here to 75 million yards wide in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Where does all that water come from? <laughs> but this is at flood stage. And then they're going to have to move into the land. They're going to have to conquer the land. And then they're going to have to allot the land to the tribes, this promised land, every place the sole of your foot will tread. This land is yours. I have given it to you just as I told Moses. This land was yours. This land is your land. This land is my land. Maybe they wrote that song on this deal. I don't know. That wasn't in my notes either, just so you know. Okay. He gives him another promise. 
In verse 5, he gets the promise of the promised land, if you're filling in the blanks. Now he gives him the promise of victory when he says to him, in verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. You're going to have victory. They won't be able to stand up to you. You're going to be in charge of this land. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is a lifelong promise. Not a short-term promise. This is a lifelong promise that he's given to you. That no man's going to be able to stand against you. And I would say it's also a promise of protection from Joshua as a leader. Not just victory, but protection from him. No man's going to be able to stand against you. I've got your back. The angel armies, the Lord of hosts, has your back. He's gone before you. He's gone, bef- he's gone after you. I've got your back. He gives another promise there at the end of verse 5. That promise is, just as I was Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We're going to talk more about the Lord's abiding presence with us as we finish up, get farther into the sermon. So he gets these promises, promises of the promised land, and he gets the promise of victory, and he gets the promise of his abiding presence with Joshua as he's going forward to lead the people into the promised land. And then the command, as I put it. We've talked about the context. We've talked about the conquest. And now we talk about the command. With the promise of the Lord's abiding presence, with the promise of the promised land, with the promise of victory, the Lord then gives Joshua the command that Moses gave to the people of Israel. Turn back again, a couple pages to 31, chapter 31, verse 6. Notice what it says here. I know I can do this. There we go. Joshua 31, 6. Moses speaking to the people of Israel. He says to them in verse 6, what? Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will what? Never leave you nor forsake you. Notice what it says now. Moses summons Joshua. And in sight of all of Israel, before them, he says to Joshua, be strong and Courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It's the promised land. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be do not fear or be dismayed. Whoa, this is kind of a message that's coming across here, right? God says to Moses, say these things to the people of Israel. Say these things to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. And now we turn over to chapter 1 of Joshua. And the Lord is speaking to Joshua personally. And he says what? Be strong and courageous. How many times in this? Nine verses. Three times. In the middle of the one, he doesn't just say be strong and courageous. He says be strong and very courageous. Let me add a little emphasis to it, the Lord says. Don't be a little bit strong and courageous. Be very, very courageous. This is what I've called you to do. I've enabled you to do it. We've been trained to do this. This is how I want you to act. This is my command to you. This is something you can do. You're not doing it on your own. I'm going to help you. You have my help. How? We know that. He says, because I am with you. 
as Joshua is strong and courageous as a leader, he's going to, as I put in the outline, he's going to lead into the land. As the leader, he's going to lead them into the land. He says in verse 6, For this cause, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I'm going to be with you. This land, I've given it to them. It's for you. It's for my people. Now, you're going to be the one that's going to move them into the land. You're going to lead them into the land because this is the land that I've promised to them. You're going to have victory over your people. You'll cause this people. Let me think about this. God likes to use his teammates. Anybody know any of God's teammates here today? Could you raise your left hand or your right hand? But raise your hand. It's good for you. Get those shoulders loosened up for you this morning. As far as you can lift them. If you know Jesus Christ, you're his teammate. And he loves to use you. He could have let those people in. He didn't need Joshua to do that. Right? He could have made it happen all on his own. I think God is probably big enough to do that. (laughs) But what did he say? Joshua, I have you. And there are leaders around you. You're the ones that are going to cause the people to be able to go into life. He loves to use his teammates, and we are his teammates. And he loves to use you and me in his work change the world and to see people come to know Him as Savior and Lord. He loves to use you. You are valuable. You are important. You have a gift. We say You have shape. You have your spiritual gift. You have your heart, your passion. You have your abilities. You have your personality. You have your experience to use for His kingdom's sake. Use it. Use it. It is so important to His work all that he's enabled you and gifted you and me to do. But then the Lord says to him personally, be strong and courageous. I put, I put it this way as I'm thinking about these verses. Well, he's going to lead them into the land as a leader, but personally, he, as God is calling him to lean into the Lord. I can make three or four sermons out of this sermon, okay? Put it all together today. Lead into the land, but now lean into the Lord. Isn't that what he tells us to do in verse 7? Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Lean into me. Lean into the things that I've shown you. Get close to me. Cling to me. Abide in me. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't swerve. Got a lot of those thoughts in Proverbs. Don't swerve. Don't go this way. Don't go this way. Go this way. Go this way. Straight ahead. Focus. Keep your eye on the North Star, Jesus, who he is. But notice as you read verse 7 and then you read verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Did you see the if-then in verse 8, 7, and 8? Both of those are if-then propositions. If you will do this, verse 7, 
if you will be very courageous, if you will be careful to do according to all the law that Moses commanded you, not turn from the right or left, then that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law, if you follow this book of the law, not make, not let it depart from your mouth, but you meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The old if-then proposition that's before them. If you'll do these things, these things will happen. I'll do these things for you if you'll do these things. Don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Keep it going. Recite it. That's how they had to know it. They didn't, didn't have the written testimony. They had the Torah, but, but nobody had a Torah. Nobody had one in their back pocket. Oral tradition is how they know what Moses' laws were. They passed them on through the family and through the leadership. They passed them on. That's how they... Don't let this book of the law depart from you. Speak it out. Make it a part of your life. Share it with one another. Tell one another what it says. And then meditate on it. Play it over and over in your mind. I think the verse 8 just amplifies verse 7. But what does he say? He says, if you'll do these things, then what's going to happen? It's repeated twice. One starts with the G, the first word, and the second one starts with an S. You'll have good success. At our men's uh, little study on, on Thursday morning, uh, as we gathered together over at May's Cafe, 7 o'clock, it's just north of Walmart, if anybody ever wants to join us. Did you get my invitation, men? <laughs> that ever works for you, we'd love to have you join us. But, but we ask that question. We talk about the sermon coming up and some of my thoughts that are kind of rising in my head. And we ask that question, so what does it mean to have good success? Never thought about that. What does it mean to have good... He says, if you'll do these things, you will have good success. Maybe, maybe if we just dropped an O and we capitalized the G, you will have God success. We would understand what he means by good then you'll have God success. What is God's success? His favor, his blessing, his peace, his joy, his saying to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that what we all want? Shake your head, yes. Of course we want that. So I don't know. I'm, sorry. I'm not sure I can define good success, but I know what God's success is. He tells us what it looks like to be a man or woman of God. And if we will do those things, if we don't let the book of the law depart from our mouth, if we will not swerve to the right or to the left, if we will meditate on His Word day and we'll be careful to do according to all that is in it, I guarantee you, you'll have God's success. And that's what you want. And that's what I want. And that's what Joshua is going to get because he's going to do what is commanded here for him. Wow, man, that is so good. In verse 9, I think he gives another God success thing. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Here, God success. Don't walk around being frightened and don't be dismayed. 
Would you, would you call that with me God's success? I would. If we follow Him, that we wouldn't walk around fearful, that we wouldn't walk around dismayed when things don't go the way they go, I think if you were going through there and you were saying, those would be things that would be God's successes, to be able to live that way. If you do these things, then these things will happen. So in the midst of all that, in the midst of your crazy life, now, all the stuff that's going around in here, that's swirling around in your head right now, I mean, hopefully you, you, know, you left some of that at home, maybe you left some of it in your car, maybe your car is the problem, so you, you got an issue going there, right? But all the things that are going on, you, you have lots of stuff that's going on. How do we live strong and courageous, like Joshua? I mean, we looked at three times in one chapter, we looked at three times in chapter 31, where he said, be strong and courageous. How do we live in that way to be strong and courageous in the midst of all that's going on? I remind you this. This isn't the first time that we've seen Joshua strong and courageous. It's not like all of a sudden this just popped up and God said, you know what, I need to tell Joshua now that he's leading the children of Israel, I need him to be strong and courageous. I kind of forgot to do that a while back. <laughs> now think about, think about Joshua. We think about him going through Scripture. In Exodus 17, Moses commands Joshua to choose some men and go fight the Amalekites. I would imagine maybe Moses said to him, maybe not in these words, but maybe, be strong and courageous as you go there, Joshua. This is not an easy task. In Exodus 24, we read that Joshua accompanied Moses part of the way up Mount Sinai to experience the glory of God. Come on, Joshua. Come on with me. Be strong and courageous in this. In Exodus 32, Joshua is with Moses as they descend from Mount Sinai. Moses confronting the people of Israel going wild in rebellion around the purple cow. Oh, the golden calf, I'm sorry. Joshua's right there with Moses in the midst of that. They're going crazy, sinfully crazy around this calf that they made when they just took off their gold jewelry and threw it in the fire. Poof! Evolution happened. Quickly. Not over millions of years. All of a sudden, there was a golden calf. Sure, happens all the time. That's what they said. Joshua's right there with Moses in the midst of that. In Exodus 33, Joshua's with Moses and he watches as Moses goes into the tabernacle to meet with God face to face. Then in Numbers 13, and you probably remember this one best, in Numbers 13, they commissioned 12 spies to go look out the promised land. And those spies come back and two of them, Joshua and Caleb said, courageously, we can do it. Send us in there. We can take this land. And 12 cowards, cowardly people said, no, no way, they're too big. Look at how big these grapes are. Look at how big these people are. We can't do it. Joshua's been strong and courageous through the years. So maybe God's command is just following up with him, say, hey, maybe it could be this. Keep being strong and courageous. Not all of a sudden, you got to be strong and courageous. Keep being strong and courageous, Joshua. Just like you have been. You're going to continue that, and it's going to be exciting to see what. 
So here's, here's my thoughts, four thoughts. The clock's working this week, so I have to be careful. Oh, it just changed. Listen for the Lord's direction. How to be strong and courageous. As you might have already filled in these blanks. <laughs> Don't know. Joshua heard the Lord in an audible way. Be strong and courageous. We can hear the Lord in a readable way. Right here. His direction is here for us. Your 40-day abide in the word individuals are going for it. I'm so proud of you. Over 135, I think now, said, I'm going to read the word every day until Easter. And most of you will continue that. How exciting. How exciting. Joshua heard the Lord in an audible way. We hear the Lord in a readable way. Every day. Every day. Put yourself in the word and listen for his voice. Listen for his direction. Not just in a readable way, but also in the heart way. The Holy Spirit speaking to you because he does. Listen for his direction. That still small voice that is there that says, this is the way to go. Walk ye in it. This is the way to go. Walk in it. Secondly, remember, if you filled in the blank, help me out. Remember, the Lord is... What? There you go. You guys are awesome. Remember, the Lord is with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, Moses speaking to the people. God is with you. Be strong and courageous. Deuteronomy 31.8, Moses speaking to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. The Lord is with you. Joshua 1.9 and 1.5, the Lord is with you. First Chronicles 28.20, David to Solomon. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God, even your God, is with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Hmm. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What does he say in the Great, Commi- the great Commission, Matthew 28, 20? The Lord will be with you always, right? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What does he say in Hebrews 13, 5? That's the one we know best. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Wow, is there some kind of like topic going through the Bible here? <laughs> Is there something he wants us to understand? Yes, there is. If you know him as your Savior, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you. Have you ever heard the term Emmanuel? And what does it mean? God with us. We don't do this on our own. Joshua is not doing this on his own. He was doing it with God's help. He is with us, and He will never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews 13.5. You know the rest of that verse? I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We get the first six, seven words in there, but we forget the rest of it. Did we sing a song today that said, Whom shall I fear? Uh Uh-huh, shake your head, yes. I know that's 35 minutes ago. I realize that. You might have forgotten it. Whom shall I fear? No one. What can man do to me? He can do a lot, of course. I know that. I understand that. But ultimately, he cannot do anything that would take you away 
He cannot do that. Yeah, he can, he can take our life. He can destroy us. He can, you know, things can be hard. We understand that. But he cannot take you away from him. I will never leave you nor forsake you, for I am with you, Joshua. I am with you, majestic family. I'm with you, Scott. I'm right here with you. So, remember, the Lord is with you. Third, remember to take the word with you. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. It means first you have to put yourself in the word. If you haven't put it in, you won't be able to speak it out. And you wonder how people know, memorize, you know, they have these mem- verses memorized and they can quote these verses. How did they do that? They put themselves in the word. And they chose to make it a part of their lives. And therefore, they can speak it out. What a beautiful thing. Y'all have things you can speak out well. I remember my dad, he would sell these products for Panasonic and he'd go into the Gibson store. I remember coming to the Gibson store on Highway 50 years ago. My dad sold in this area. He sold to, you know, those types of stores and Air Force Academy. And, and I'd ask dad, hey dad, my friend wants to get a stereo. And he'd go, that's an RX4321. How do you know that? Because I deal with it all the time. And you have those same things. You know things that I don't know because you've dealt with them all the time. They're in your mind. Put the Word of God in there. Remember to take the Word of God with you. So it's a part of you. The 40-day Abide in the Word challenge is helping us. Still time to join us. You still can fill out that card. You just have a few less days than 40. It's all right. Tell us. Tell us, I'm in. I want to do it. Read, listen, listen. Read the Scripture out loud so you see, hear, and speak it. I guarantee if you do that, you'll get more out of the Word you'll get more to be able to give out from the Word because you've seen it in three different ways. Read it out loud so you see it as you're reading it and you hear it in your mind. It'll settle even more in your heart if you just read it and go through it. It works. Meditate on it day and night. Read the Word every day and think about it through the day. Your Sunday school classes, your small group will help you to that. If you're not involved... I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to encourage you. Come and join us in a Sunday school class. We got any good Sunday school classes out there? That's exactly, the, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. That's some great classes. Come and join us in the small groups. They're in your bulletin. It's valuable. It's important. It'll help you continue to meditate on the Word and put the Word into your heart and into your mind. Join us. It's worth it. It's worth it, and you'll make a contribution to other people. I read this statement. This is off the ladies' Sunday school prayer requests last week. Vicki Lumpkin puts those together and always has these great sayings. said this, It's hard to get in shape spiritually if you only work out on Sunday. <laughs> if this is it, you're not going to be in great physical shape. You need to feed yourself. And I, I, I Get into the Word on Sunday morning before you get here. Don't let me spoon feed you. I'm going to do my best to feed you well. But you need to feed yourself. Because I didn't feed you breakfast this morning. God wants you to be fed. He wants you to take time to get into His Word and do it on Sunday morning before you get here. It'll liven things up once you get here to do that. Okay, last. What's my last one? <laughs> blank, da da da, blank, blank. <laughs> do what the Lord asks you to do. 
Follow, follow my thing. Read. Get the Lord's direction. Remember, He's with you when He got it. Take the Word with you. And then when He tells you what to do, like He told Joshua, Joshua, what are you supposed to do? I'm take Him into the land, right? I'm going to take Him into the land. This is what God. He's given you a job. Do what the Lord asks you to do. Uh, I think that we have titled this year, what? 2020 do. <laughs> 2022. We can give credit to Josiah and Alexis in the second service today for giving us that. 2022. You ever heard this verse? James chapter 1. Hmm. Don't merely be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Only be strong and very courageous, he told, God told Joshua. Be careful to do according to all that is in there. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. There's an old Gaither song, and the words are this. I'm happy to hear you've been reading the word and spending time to study and learn. I was glad when I heard you're getting into the Word, but is the Word getting into you? And I would say, is the Word getting out of you? We want the Word to get into us, but we don't want to stop there. That's like the Dead Sea. Jordan River flows into it, but it doesn't have an outlet. We want it to get out of us. Ways we've talked about that. Who's your one? Who's that one person two people or numbers of people that you're praying for and you're caring for them, you're sharing with them that you want to see to come to know Jesus. That's letting the word get out of you. Share with one another what you're learning. These, these things that are coming to me through texts and emails, I so much appreciate them so much. I share with you what I'm learning and you share back how important it is to do that. Share with one another in your Sunday school class what you're learning. Even this morning I got a text from somebody in the church said, man, wasn't today's today... Uh, uh, daily bread message really good devotional wasn't that really good today I said yeah it was it's about a dancer who has Alzheimer's and she a professional ballet lady she can't do it anymore because of what's taken over her but they started playing a song and she would use her hands she's in a wheelchair she'd use her hands and what she had learned as a professional ballet dancer of course that spoke to me my daughter's a dancer I spoke to this lady and she shared it with me to encourage me. Wasn't that good? Share those things with your wife, your husband, your children. Share those things with them. Those things are so important. Let the word get out of you as you meditate on it. Speak it out to those that are around you. We got an evangelism explosion seminar at 423 Saturday. The Agape Fellowship Evangelism Explosion with Kevin Green was here last week and we talked to you about. A way to share the good news. Those important questions that you ask as you learn that. If you were to die tonight, would you be certain you'd go to heaven? Second question, if you were to die tonight and you stand before the Lord, why would you say, what would you tell him why he should let you into heaven? Great opening lines just to be with people as you develop relationship and trust with them. Love for you to go through that and share together in there. Pastor Simon's going to be doing an evangelism, short evangelism seminar on Thursday, 5-12, May 12 finish up Awanas, just to help us to get a better grasp how we can share Jesus with other people that are around us. That's doing. 
2020 do? Then Easter coming up, the neighborhood flyers, be praying for those people, inviting them even now, getting ready to share together with them. Tell them, you know, I'll pick you up, I'll meet you here. I'd love for you to be a part of that. Do what the Lord asks you to do. Thank you, Father, for this day. A lot in this chapter. Thank you so much that as we know you as our Savior, you are with us always. You cling to us. Let us cling to you. And these things that you ask us to do, you're going to be with us. You're right there with us. So help us to be, what are the words? Strong and courageous for you. Because really, you are very strong and courageous for us. Coming to the earth, dying in our place, taking all our sin upon you so that we could have a relationship with you. Thank you. Help us not to fear in the midst of the craziness of this world because you're right here with us. Father, as I finish up, I pray for the people in Ukraine. How hard that must be. For those that know Jesus, let them shine that light, the marvelous light. I'd ask that you'd stop the forces, the evil forces that would seek to destroy, steal, kill, and destroy. Keep your protection. 